Welcome to Bold Thinking, entrepreneurial stories honestly told. In a world full of chaos, this is a podcast about the people making positive change in the world, using bold thinking to transform businesses and themselves, and we need that at the moment. Joining me today is Sarah King, co-founder and CEO of We Are Radical, an organisation that has set out to disrupt the UK's entrepreneurial and investment landscape. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Tell us a little bit more about Radical and why you founded it. So Claire and I met two and a half years ago, having leapt from our corporate careers into entrepreneurship. Um, Together, we share about 18 years entrepreneurial experience. And it was kind of surprising that our paths hadn't previously crossed, especially as we only lived half a mile apart from each other. But we sat outside our local Cafe Nero and shared our experience of leaping from our corporate careers and setting up our businesses and the roller coaster experience that that had been. Um, And our main question during that conversation was, well, I wonder how many other women are building their own businesses from their kitchen tables between our two houses? Um, And the answer to that question was a hell of a lot. And that really was where We Are Radical was born. Our purpose is to reimagine entrepreneurship and investment in the UK. And we really focus our time and our energy and our passion around three key priorities. So firstly, we want to see an increase in the number of women who successfully start, sustain and scale their businesses. Secondly, we want to see an increase in the number of women investors in the UK. So women who consider themselves angel investors and help those newly founded businesses to start and to scale. And then the third area we focus on is challenging the invisible barriers that exist within the ecosystem. I totally agree with you. I think it's one of those things. I remember when I uh, read a book, the um, it's, it was about... Um, the beer mat entrepreneur and it was about you know being an entrepreneur and setting up a business and the acorn the mark the small oak and then how businesses adapt and i remember thinking to myself wow this sounds like 24 hours a day how am i going to do this and have a family and bring in an income because apparently you don't earn any money for the first five years you have to work 24 hours how does this work you know, reading some original books like that, and I'm not saying particularly that book was like it. I was reading a load at the time and thinking, this isn't life for me. This feels like the opposite of being able to manage your time. This feels like overwhelming. I mean, do you get that sort of feedback from entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think it's, I think the perception of what it means to be an entrepreneur actually is broken. If we look at the impact business has had on the world, you don't have to look so too far to find stories of, of entrepreneur, entrepreneurs who are burnt out or who suddenly find themselves leading an organisation where they've grown so rapidly that the culture is really toxic. Um, or you don't need to look very far to look at the impact that business has had on our planet and, and the negative consequences of how having only a profit-driven focus or a shareholder return focus, that impact has been really negative. And and we really believe in the work of organisations like B Corp who are saying, actually, no, let's build businesses in line with profit, yes, but also what's our purpose with business? What positive change are we creating in the world? What positive change can, can business have for people and also for planet? And, and I think that's a lot more appealing to women, yes, but 
but to all genders, however you identify, I think actually, why would you want to build a business where you're going to burn out in five years time and you never see your friends and family or have any time to look after yourself and do the things that you enjoy? I think one of the issues that that we found and, and I found personally, if I go back in my entrepreneurial career, I can remember taking part in an accelerator program and being in the minority because I was a woman in the room. But then when I happened to mention that I couldn't stay for the final session of the day because I was on the school run, the response I had from some people there was, oh, yours must be a lifestyle business then. And, and straight away, I felt as though a label had been attached to me that meant I wasn't as committed or I wasn't as ambitious or um, because I was going off to do the school run, that, that probably meant I wasn't building the same type of business as they were. And I think that's really unfortunate. And, and part of the thing we're passionate about is saying whatever type of business you want to build, whatever success means to you, you should still have the right to access know-how and accelerator programs that are designed with your set of needs in mind or inspiration that doesn't just come from going to a networking event that happens to run when the school run is taking place (laughs) or we just need to kind of I think entrepreneurship and investment needs to look differently and we need to recognize that people build businesses for different reasons And you launched um, a campaign recently around this, didn't you? And it's been going for um, a few weeks. Tell us a little bit about that and how how is it working? We launched the Over Being Underfunded campaign about nine or ten weeks ago now. Awareness and access to funding is one of the biggest barriers globally, but especially in the UK, to women starting and scaling their own businesses. We're asking the government to make three key changes around the Seed Enterprise Investment Scheme. Firstly, we're calling on the government to extend the SEIS deadline from two years to three years. Secondly, we're asking the government to introduce gender, race and ethnicity reporting on both investors and entrepreneurs who access the scheme. And thirdly, we're asking the government to redirect some of its peer network training and funding towards earlier stage women entrepreneurs to support those entrepreneurs to consider investment and funding as part of their growth strategy. We've had so much support from businesses like Cedars and Virgin Startup and the Federation of Small Business. We've been on national ITV news. We've had a first meeting with the Treasury. Um, And we're also now launching our own podcast where we're able to have conversations with entrepreneurs about investment and about how they grow in their businesses. Yeah, I mean, it makes a huge amount of sense. One of our things we've been really looking at over the last year is around bold thinking. And when we first thought the podcast about just over a year ago now, we'd just gone into this pandemic and things were really difficult. And then, interestingly enough, I was reading the other day, controversially, that 41% of people are thinking about leaving their jobs. I think because the global pandemic has had a bit of an impact, like any major, major um, event in life, it's making a lot more people rethink their lives and and really be entrepreneurial. So what do you think bold thinking means to you? And how how is this sort of like, we are radical, helped you think in a bold way? Yeah. Um, So, and I was listening to some of your other interviews. It's really fascinating to hear people's take on this. I think for me, there's, there's a difference between bold thinking and bold doing. And to be innovative and entrepreneurial, you need both. Like you need that capacity 
to have ideas, but you don't get innovation unless you do something with those ideas. Like there's got to be impact somewhere along the line. So it, so I think, I think actually that distinction between bold thinking and bold doing is really important. Um, if I focus then on bold thinking, for me, it's about not being afraid to ask what if or why does it have to be that way? Um, and to have the courage to, to think and imagine beyond what already exists in the world or the way we already do things, the kind of accepted paradigm. Um, I think as a bold, bold thinker, you've, you've got to have the courage to keep putting those ideas out there um, and to have the resilience to be able to kind of figure out which of, which of these ideas are the ones that have legs that could go on to have impact and to then have the resilience to, despite the naysayers, despite the, oh, no, you'll never achieve it or it can't be done or we've done that before and here's all the reasons why you shouldn't try, having the resilience to, to keep developing that thinking and, and to take input to that thinking so that it can be shaped and evolved in such a way that actually it can go on and have impact. That for me is what bold, bold thinking is about. Um, and I think it does take tenacity. People talk a, a lot about creativity and, and that, of course, is a key part. I always describe myself as a dot collector and a dot connector. And, and I think that's a lot about what what bold thinking is it's about seeking out that inspiration having the creativity to connect the dots but then actually having the resilience to to be out there sharing those those thoughts and those ideas and and getting input to them mm. no i think that's really true i once had um I wrote, I wrote a novel of, um, a couple of years ago because I really, really enjoy writing. I've always always read, 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 read. And and uh, one of the girls at work helped me to bring it to life. And it was, you know, a, absolutely a real passion project. And at a really crucial time, I had a really bad illness and it, it was great. And and someone said to her, one of her friends said to her, oh, you know, I like that novel, you know, who wrote it? And she said, and she illustrated it. And they said, well, I bet she doesn't work, does she? And she, and, uh, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know she has a job. She runs a business. Yeah, but I bet she hasn't got any kids, has she? Yep, she's got two kids. <laughs> and I think the point is loads of people have great ideas, but you've just got to actually just get on and do it. And it took me four or five years. But And I think that's your point. I see a lot of people come to me as an entrepreneur and say, oh, I've got loads of ideas. And I go, okay, where are you at with it? Well, I've got this great idea. Well, I have you written on an A4 sheet of paper. Let's start there. You know, 99% of the time, no, they haven't. So I just want to ask a bit about that. So I've got a great idea for a business um, and I come to you and I say to you, I've got a great idea for a business. What do I do and how do I do it and how do I get funding? Is that something that you would then take on? Yes. Yeah, so we, um, we have a community um, of women entrepreneurs across the UK. It's an online community. Fortunately for us, it was online even before the pandemic. We didn't have to pivot like a lot of businesses have had to. Um, so we have an online community, but we also run incubators and accelerators. And, and I think your question is really interesting because often people will say, I've had this idea. Do you think it's a good idea? Or I've told my friends and my family and they think it's a great idea or they think it's a dreadful idea. And, and our response is always the same. The only person or people who can tell you if your business idea is a good one or not are your customers. Like your business doesn't exist without your customers, whether you're 
whether you work B2B and you're selling into organizations, whether you're, you know, a photographer, a coach, you work in a B2C capacity. Um, and I think, again, this is where you start to have this transition between bold thinking and bold doing, because you can develop the idea in your mind, you can tip it out onto paper, but you have to then put that out into the world. And, and you, you have to put this thought and this idea in the hands of the people who might buy it from you. And, and that can feel scary and it can feel daunting. We, we have a mantra that we talk to everyone in the community about, which is test, learn, repeat. And it's this idea of don't, don't develop your idea in your mind or in your notebook or in a mind map until it's kind of quotes perfect and then put it out into the world. Actually, you need to put it out into the world when it's imperfect and you don't quite know how it's going to work, but engage with your customers and, and have your customers help you develop that because one, they'll feel involved. Two, you're then building that business with their insight and their input. So you're more likely to build something that they will then be loyal to and um, tell their friends and their family about and, and encourage you into other businesses and other organisations. Um, so being very that, literal, I've, I'm, I'm being hypothetical. I've got a great idea. I've written it down. Yeah. I've produced a range of, um, I don't know, um, books or or I've got a great service and I've tested it out with customers and they say I absolutely love it and 99% of people come back and say great I want it and I come to you and say I need 100k to fund it. Right okay so we work we have a growth accelerator program for entrepreneurs who are at the stage where we talk about it as being post-product pre-revenue so so you've done um testing of your product or your service um, you're impatient for growth so we work with impatient entrepreneurs those who want to see their impact with their business grow and scale so we would work with those entrepreneurs to help them develop their pitch decks their financial forecast to demystify the world of investment in terms of looking at options like uh, equity crowdfunding or angel investment to talk them through the seed enterprise investment scheme, if that's a route that they are opting for. And then we would also work with them to help to broker relationships with potential investors, because we know that as a woman entrepreneur, you're less likely to know an investor. And therefore, there's a whole lot of relationship building that needs to go on there. Um, and one of the things we want to see change in the world of investment is that more women consider investment you know there's this perception that to be an investor I've got to have hundreds of thousands of pounds to invest in a business actually we work with with investors who have five thousand pounds or fifteen thousand pounds and that money as part of an investment team can make a huge difference particularly where that money is supported with all of this know-how and wisdom and experience and connection that I could bring to your business to help your business to grow and scale so we kind of we support with the know-how and the understanding of the process with preparation for investment but then also with the hey let's go find some people who have capital that they could invest but who are actually just really passionate about about what you're doing and who would want to apply some of their know-how and connection to what you're trying to do in the world 
That's amazing. So how many people work at We Are Radical? Sounds like you're going to be swept off your feet with this idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's such a pleasure every day for both Claire and I to to go to work and be in the company virtually of the Radical team. You know, they they are talented. They are entrepreneurs in their own right. Um, so they get it. Um, and they're just so passionate about what we're trying to do and, and the change we're trying to create in the world. You know, this isn't a change that Claire and I are trying to create. It's a change that our team and our extended team and our advocates and our allies are really getting behind and saying, you know what, this inequality isn't okay. Um, And if we can address this inequality, it's better for everybody. Mm. And I think as well, like just back to that, reading this statistic about 41% of the global workforce leaving, and I think a lot of that reading the articles, which are everywhere at the moment online is just wanting this flexibility and I just had this little thought over the weekend you know back in the Roman era they used to work 148 days a year and here we are working you know five days six days seven days a week so who's got it right or wrong and actually when you look at the global workforce you think well people just don't they don't want to do it like the industrial revolution so what do you think people want or need from brands now and today I think I think there's a couple of things firstly I think people are looking for brands to stand for something you know, what is it that you care about? What is it you're passionate about? I don't think it's enough today for a brand to just be about the product or the service that they offer. Then there needs to be more than that. I think people are much more aware of the impact that business has on the planet. You know, people are employed by organizations, and fortunately, A lot of those people are working in organisations which have good cultures, positive cultures, but sadly there are a lot of organisations whereby that culture doesn't exist. And and so I think when we're thinking about how are we going to spend our money, which businesses do we go and spend our hard-earned cash with, I think it's about saying what are the brands that are out there that stand for something, which brands are considering their impact on the planet, and on people, whether that's customers or employees. I think also there's a real need for authenticity. One of the things that we feel we've seen through the pandemic has been businesses having to pivot to an online world. And initially this kind of pressure of, I've got to deliver my proposition in the same way, but online and to the same level of quality, but online. And actually where business owners were able to talk to their customers and say, hey, you know what, I wasn't expecting this pandemic. I'm thinking about how to develop my or adapt my product and service. Can you just bear with me or could you test this out and let me know if you think this works for you? It feels as though from a consumer perspective, there's been a lot more kind of openness and willingness to sort of say, you know what, if you're being authentic with me, if you're being upfront and honest with me, then yeah, I get it. We're in a pandemic. This is hard for everybody. So I think that ability as a brand to be human um, and, you know, not to deliver a crap service. I'm not saying that, but actually I just think, I think there's something about being human, being authentic, allowing your customers to see the journey you're on and being part 
of that journey with you. So how optimistic are you at the moment about the future and and what do you think it's really going to take for the people that you help and work with as entrepreneurs or your own business to like really thrive over the next year to two years? So I feel hugely optimistic. Um, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to, you're more often than not a glass half full kind of person. Um, There's been a lot of reports saying that women are going to be pushed back 30 years. The IMF have carried out research to say, you know, we're going to be back in the kind of 60s and 70s in terms of advancement. And our position on that is very different. We know that in the UK, we've gone from one in eight to one in four women starting their own businesses. We know that people are much more aware of the need for flexibility in the workplace, for work to play a positive role in all of our lives. And I think what that means is that we're seeing more and more businesses that are considering purpose alongside profit, um, are considering their impact on the planet or their local community or their employees. And I think there's a real groundswell and a real bringing together of those businesses to say, let's work together, let's do this differently, let's think about how we can have a positive effect. The reality is, though, whatever type of business you're building, it takes passion, it takes grit, it takes resilience to be able to kind of navigate or kind of stay hanging on when you're in that roller coaster ride and you're kind of doing the loop the loops and feeling slightly sick by it all. <laughs> like You need that resilience to... To keep going because entrepreneurship isn't a straightforward career path, but it's rewarding and it's exhilarating. It's about bold thinking, it's about bold doing. And I think if that type of career path appeals to you, then you're in a really privileged position to be able to say, What's the problem I want to solve in the world? And let me spend my time doing that. So I feel hugely optimistic. Um, And I think the more we can come together as business owners and have conversations to say, this is what I'm learning from this experience and let me share that learning with you, I think the more successful we'll be. No, I totally agree with you. I think um, I set my first business when my first uh, son was 10 months old. And uh, (laughs) looking back, honestly, it was literally bonkers. But I have to say, I learned so much. I learned... Absolutely about resilience and and to literally just believe in yourself, believe in yourself and believe in yourself. And you can say the mantra many times, but I, I love what you say about it's not just about believing, it's about actually doing and making things happen. And it could be a tiny thing, like every day you add to that business plan or every day you get a new person to work with you. And I think it's really I think it's really optimistic that organizations like you are there in your world. So if I want to join how do how do I join? And uh, is it a subscription based business? But how does it sort of happen? Because I'm going to ask that on behalf of people that are going to be listening. Because I was going to go, can we part of this? How do we join? How does it work? Um, I'm, like, I, so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get a free membership as well after this. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's community based. So um, we have an online community which um, you can join for free. Um, because that's a space that entrepreneurs can come into and 
we share our goals for the week, we share our wins for the week. You know, we know that in the UK prior to the pandemic, 75% of women entrepreneurs build their businesses from their kitchen table. Well, if the only person you've got to high five when it all goes well is the cat or the dog, that's a slightly lonely existence. So being able to come into that community space and, and share your questions, share what you're struggling with, but also share the wins is really important. Um, so we have that community. We also then have a range of different incubators and accelerator programs based on where you're at. So if you're at the stage of, I've got an idea and I want to do something with it, then we have our How to Start Your Startup Incubator all the way through to our Growth Accelerator. So drop us a line, get in touch, come and join the community and we'll figure out how we can help you. And and if our community isn't right for you, we'll suggest other communities because I think I think what's so important in the UK and globally right now is that, you know, we do support entrepreneurs who who want to build good businesses and that we support that bold thinking and that bold doing by being in the company of each other. So don't be sat at home would be my advice to anyone listening to this, starting a business or growing a business. Don't do it in isolation. Like there's no need to do it in isolation. Find find the community who will fuel you and build your business in their company because it will be so much more rewarding. Um, not to be disrespectful to anyone's cat or dog, but it's much more exciting to high five an actual human. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. I absolutely love it. Um, thank you so much today for joining us, Sarah. Um, it's been really, really fascinating. And thank you for listening to Bold Thinking, entrepreneurial stories honestly told. If this episode has got you thinking, which I'm sure it will do, share your comments on LinkedIn, Twitter or Instagram, or you can contact us at hello at thehonestbrand.com. And join me next time to hear from somebody else who's making positive change in the world.